Welcome back to the New York Eye Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Damaris Raimondi, and on my podcast, I have conversations with inspiring healthcare professionals that are meant to recharge you before you start your work week. Let me give you a moment right now to hit that subscribe button. Done? All right, let's get to today's guest. She attended SUNY Geneseo as an undergrad. She became a doctor of optometry at SUNY College of Optometry, and she graduated with all the honors and accolades you could think of. She also recently opened her very own practice, which we will get into later on today's show. And when I was a student, she was my mentor. Everyone, let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Sarah Dawson. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Thank you. So excited. Yes, me too. And while I was preparing for this show, as I usually do with my guests, I realized like we have been through quite a lot together. But, you know, let's get to know each other even better, even better than we already do. Definitely. So, yeah. (laughs) What was the most memorable year of your childhood? This was so fun for me to think back to. So when I was eight years old, my dad actually quit his job as a hospital pharmacist. And he took a summer position as a pharmacist in a nonprofit health clinic in Alaska. And we lived in New York. Um, So we just road tripped across Canada and stayed in Alaska for the whole summer. And yeah, it was so crazy. We saw everything along the way, like the whole road trip experience. There was Yellowstone, Lake Louise, Mount Rushmore, Badlands, the Corn Palace in Dakota somewhere. I don't know. I, I just remember this in such detail. Oh and then in in Alaska, of course, there's like all the natural beauty. And then when you're a kid, there's um, the 4th of July celebration was like insane. The bank was giving away free money to the kids. Um, oh, what? <laughs> they were giving was, away yeah. cash? <laughs> yeah. They, they had this like sawdust, sawdust pit. Uh-huh. And they were throwing rolls of coins in there. And then they would give the the fun rolls where you like put in like the 25 cent and like sprinkle quarters in there. And then you had like, I don't know, maybe a minute to find as many coins as you could. (laughs) Oh, this sounds epic. (laughs) It was the best. It was the best. And I had so much fun outside all the time. I built like a little clubhouse in the woods with this other girl. And yeah, when you're eight, you make friends no matter where you go. So I had so many friends and just made so many crazy memories. And um, yeah, it's something I don't know if I'll ever be able to match, but it was pretty awesome. Yeah, going from New York and all of a sudden getting to see like real animals like that. That is so awesome. I love that you remembered that. And pharmacy. So so health has run in the family a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And my mom's a physical therapy assistant now. Mm healthcare was definitely a part of my life. And I guess that must have interested you and got you like to explore optometry a little bit, but what really got you into the field? Oh, (laughs) I've always wanted to be an optometrist pretty much. Um, I don't remember wanting to be anything else. My mom said, yeah, yeah. Um, My mom has a story that the first thing she remembers me saying that I wanted to that I wanted to grow up to be was an ophthalmologist. 
But then I found out that they did surgeries and I decided I didn't want to do that. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) And I still don't want to do that. So it worked out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've worn glasses since I was six or seven. So I was pretty familiar with what the optometrist did. I always liked going there. I thought it was fun. Um, And then I figured in high school, I might as well just go for it. And I I did the three plus four program um, with SUNY. So I cut a year out of um, my undergrad degree. And what's the three plus four program for our younger listeners? I know you guys are out there. Yeah. If you're if you're in high school and you know you want to be an optometrist or you're pretty sure you can interview to optometry school, um, like a preliminary interview before you even start undergrad. And then you get put into this accelerated track where as long as you keep a certain GPA at undergrad, you can start optometry school a year early and you don't get, actually get your bachelor's degree until after your first year of optometry school. And what um, schools offered it? So SUNY Geneseo, I know St. John's offered it, but I found out about it too late. Like, I, yeah, you have to know from high school. But do you know? Yeah, you have to know in high school. Um, I was looking around at the time. I don't remember. And you know what? It's probably different now. Oh, yeah, that's too. That's too. <laughs> it, it's definitely been a minute. It doesn't feel like it. But wait, does this mean that you had, is it possible that you had an eye exam in Alaska? I don't remember that. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, though the you missed your yearly then. It was it wasn't around that yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I definitely was wearing glasses, but I don't think I got an exam then. Oh, so you already um, had SUNY like selected kind of? Is that the only one that was connected to Geneseo? Just, like Um, yeah, that was a big part of why I went to SUNY was the three plus four. Okay. And also just because of in state tuition, that's another pro tip. Oh yeah. <laughs> In-state That's tuition also is changed, amazing. apparently. <laughs> like, kids don't oh, really? get financial aid anymore. Yeah. No. It's like, like, not in the same way. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that, was, that was a lifesaver in terms of minimizing my debt. Do you remember how you felt on the very first day of optometry school? Oh, I was freaked out. <laughs> yeah? Like, did you, was yeah, I mean, but like, excited, too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I was already terrified about being in New York City because I grew up like in Western New York State where there's it, it is not a city and everyone always has these like every, everyone around me thought that New York was just going to be big and terrible and there would be crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had all that in my head and I was living by myself like so far away from home for the first time because my undergrad was only like half an hour from home. So didn't really go far away for that and then just also the idea of like I've invested so much of my life mm-hmm. in tree and this is what I'm going to do and what if I start my classes or like get to clinic and see my first patient and I decided it's awful and I hate it mm-hmm. yeah that's <laughs> so that was possibly. like a, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of years up to that point and I was just like everything rides on this and how is it gonna be but I mean it worked out I love it so <laughs> it did work out yeah absolutely it's it's crazy though right how like when you finally have a program and you're like that's it we kind of just got to make it work at a certain right. point yeah and then you know you graduated and everything and then you became my mentor and I do want to let everyone know who's like getting to know me through this podcast and you that you did help you helped me so much 
but oh, like thanks. yeah it, it was <laughs> and I was so reflecting back I was really honest with you but I think now I mean maybe I'm just older but I could have been more honest about my struggles and about how I was feeling. I don't, I think like as a third year, I was like overwhelmed by everything that I lost sight of the fact that you're a mentor who's not grading me, you know, like you're, you're there to help <laughs> and you're there to like, you know, guide me about these things. So that's like, that's something that maybe I would have changed a little bit. But, you know, when mm-hmm. I got to know, when was that? 2013, 2014? It probably probably because I was I graduated 2012. So I think it wasn't like my first very first year out of school, but it was pretty close. So I, yeah, I would say probably the 2013 2014 year. Yeah. And we we talked about a lot. But I also wanted to bring this up just because we're all always going to be in need of mentors and mentees. But I remember that back in that time, uh, in that in that era, and everything you had a lot of experience. And what was that time of your career like for you? How soon after graduating did you start working? Um, pretty pretty quick. I already had a job um, lined up from someone that I knew um, that was also a SUNY grad. Um, she was working in New York City and she was moving away. And it lined up pretty well with when I was graduating. Mm-hmm. So she recommended me and I had already interviewed and gotten basically a tentative offer just waiting on my license and license came through a lot faster than everyone said I think it was like oh yeah Mm mid-June yeah I was working by July after graduation so um I learned a ton because it was a relatively traditional retail setting I would say but a little more high-end and I didn't really have any extra support so Um, there, like there wasn't really, there was no tech, no pre-testing. Um, so it was just, oh, and there was like no auto refractor, no camera, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing, no tech. (laughs) So it was just me and like my retina scope. And, um, I got really good at managing everything about the patient. You know, you don't know what's going to walk in the door, even if it's a retail setting, I saw some crazy stuff. Um, I diagnosed MS. Well, I diagnosed optic neuritis mm-hmm. and here to get tested and it turned out to be MS. I had like a stroke patient that had a hemianopia <laughs> on oh my, my first. <laughs> the things that walk in, that's yeah. the thing. You know, we're, our eyes are so adaptable that patients just like live with these things. And it's, you know, like this is a message for everybody. It's totally up to us to really educate our patients about eye health and do the best we can no matter what setting we're in yeah it's so true but it was definitely a huge learning experience being a little bit isolated like that I yeah I I learned a lot I started to learn more about the optical side of things too which I don't think I learned very well in school like how to adjust glasses or um, troubleshoot if a patient's having a problem with their prescription you never really saw that in school because if someone had a problem with their prescription, it wouldn't get back to you. It would just be some other student, Mm -hmm. even like coding and billing and things like that. I I maybe learned more that first year out of school than my whole year of internship, externship experience. It felt like it anyway. A lot of times you can either be part of a large team or it can just be you signing off on the patient completely. And that just the huge responsibility that comes with that right? It's Mm -hmm. something so new. So what else did you learn about 
the real world of optometry and how did that lead you to opening up your own practice? Uh, Opening my own practice was never actually part of my plan until relatively recently, maybe three or four years ago. Um, But yeah, the real world of optometry started to get really frustrating. And this might be happening to some of your listeners, depending on the environment that they're in right now, if they're, if they're working already, but it depends on the owners and stuff. But the job that I started at out of school where I was learning so much um, eventually had a different manager for the doctor side and they started really pushing medical billing and not in like a, we're going to be better for our patients and do more medical testing to help them kind of way, but more in a, you have to meet a certain quota of insurance dollars that you're acquiring (laughs) monthly Mm -hmm. kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, So very frustrating. Um, So I left that and, you know, just took the first job I could find after that, which has actually been a pretty good fit. But even then it's like a larger company, there's not much communication from the managers down. There's some frustrating policies like that. I feel like I can't always um, give the patient the best service because everything's managed by someone else. So just eventually things get things just started feeling annoying (laughs) yeah well that's the thing like full scope optometry oftentimes that's uh it could be said right that in your first situation that you mentioned oh yeah we're practicing full scope optometry but are you really if you're like trying to just run testing on everyone and you're really just trying to diagnose things that you kind of aren't fully equipped to handle because you don't have the additional imaging or the specialty with it. Like that's exactly. not fair to anyone. No, it was literally like they were saying, okay, someone wears contact lenses. Well, they definitely have dry eyes. So they definitely need punctal plugs and mm. they definitely need, you know, the, the dissolvable kind. So they come back every three months. Oh, um, that's like dictating <laughs> to you. Exa- okay. Yeah. Not good. I and- was like getting serious. <laughs> no, but that's the reality of things, you know, that that's it. And a lot, we don't talk about it, right? I mean, you and I did. But, you know, it, it you end up finding out the hard way. And then you're like, Oh, man, like, can I really like live with myself doing this? And like, no, you know? Yeah. And even like patients coming in for their routine checkups, and they're in their 20s, and they're totally healthy. And I was supposed to try to find something health wrong with them so that I could build their medical insurance instead of their vision plan Mm. because we get more money from medical insurance and then we can bill extra for dilation or for uh, taking a fundus photo and oh anyway it becomes a whole thing but yeah so you you weren't happy and the best way to fix that is to create your own thing right exactly then you get to set your own rules. Yes. And then you get to do your own <laughs> rules, get to do the whole thing. And I love that you've had this idea for a while now. And I love how thoughtful you've been about it. So like when did mm-hmm. Just Eyes Optometry, when was that first an idea? Was, was that like you were saying three years ago? Yeah, just around then. Um, I had been getting frustrated with every place I'd also, you know, fill. we all do this probably too, but fill in at a lot of different places. I was trying to get a feel for what's out there and no, no place ever seemed like a really good fit. Four years ago, I moved to Westchester, which I think was actually also a good time to help me reflect and reevaluate. And 
it's less saturated here too, in terms of eye care. So I could see more of an opening for myself to start a business here. Um, then maybe in Queens or Manhattan, it felt less intimidating. <laughs> oh yeah. There's like a, there's an optometrist or an optical or something at every block. Right. Right. And I mean, they say not to let that intimidate you either because you're not the same as the optical around the block. You're better. So mm-hmm. don't let that intimidate you if that's what you're thinking about. Mm. I was also doing some reading that summer. There was a book about, um, in general, just knowing, having a purpose for your life and knowing God's plan for your life. And it just was something that was sticking in my head is like, where am I, what am I really doing and where am I going? Mm-hmm. Um, and I started actually just brainstorming and writing down ideas. I have like a Google doc that I have called future practice brainstorming. And I just would sit at night and just like Google stuff and um, write ideas and do like Pinterest boards. And the more I thought about it, the more it started to take shape and I got more and more and more excited. Um, But I was gunning for opening something closer to 2018 but then a classmate of mine actually opened his practice in my town that summer Uh, so then I had like a total pivot moment where I wasn't sure if this was actually what I wanted to do I was Mm -hmm. uh it was like some kind of a sign (laughs) (laughs) um or maybe I should like approach him and see if maybe we can work together. Um, so I, I did some of that, met up with him. Um, but he was also kind of fed up with working with people. So he just wanted to do his own thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what you end up doing. But that's a fair point. You know, like, what do you do when a classmate does uh, open in the same same town? Yeah, anybody would be worried. It was crazy. So then I kind of went back to the drawing board. Uh, mm-hmm. At that point, my concept had been to be a little bit more of a high-end optical because that was my background and to maybe focus on um, more luxury brands and maybe more local brands as well. And I had like an initial concept for localized was going to be the name. Um, But anyway, that all, I kind of didn't think about it at all for maybe like six months, almost a year. And then I decided, you know what? this is something I really feel strongly about. I think it would use my strengths well and I can just be different from my classmate. He has a much more vision therapy, medical-based practice and just eyes is basically that, like it's just eyes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's designed to be simple. You know, you come, you get your routine care, your comprehensive exam. And I have a small optical. Uh, I don't accept insurance. It's, it's just simple. It's different enough and I'm getting enough of a different clientele that it's working so far. Tell us about your practice. <laughs> What's your website and what are your hours? All right. Well, my website is justizeoptometry.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I just added online contact lens ordering, which I'm super excited about. Um, oh, I missed that update. I saw it coming yeah, soon. Like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it. <laughs> And I have, of course, my Insta, which is also Just Eyes Optometry and Facebook. So yeah, check it out. Most people that have found my practice have found me through Instagram. So good resource. And 
my hours are still fluctuating because I'm still working part-time somewhere else. So right now I'm kind of seeing patients Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of block off the schedule if I'm otherwise busy or if I'm going to be filling in somewhere. And since I'm not really seeing that many patients right now and I'm not taking insurance, it's very slow growth. And so far that's working, but I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to have enough patient load and cash flow to start doing this full time within a year. That's my goal. What an amazing goal. And there's something really unique about your practice too. Where is it at? Oh, it is in my house. Yes. You have had this idea for a minute. And I, I, when you told me that, I'm like, wow, that's like goals for me. That's so great. Mm-hmm. What, what inspired you to do that? You know what? Let, let me tell you this uh, first. My husband, I tell him this all the time. I want to do it. He's like, no way. People are going to be ringing our doorbells. <laughs> I mean, so, so yeah, what inspired you to do it? Well, I was really just at the point where I was like, I mean, they're going to do this or, I, or I'm not. And mm-hmm. what are the final things in the way of me just doing it? And for me, the main thing was the fear that I had of taking on a huge financial risk of having, you know, a lease and maybe covering mm-hmm. someone's payroll and then, you know, not making it. So I was like, okay, so how can I solve those things? And I thought about, well, if I have the practice in my home, then I have no overhead. And then if it doesn't work, then the only thing I'm out is whatever equipment I purchased. And that's not as big of a deal. And also if I start small, then I don't need to have an employee right away. And if I have all these processes set up so that most of it's patients doing it themselves online, then I can probably get by without an employee for a while. That was really that was really it, and thankfully, uh, it works out because in New York State, if you have a professional license in anything, like if you're a realtor or a lawyer or an optometrist or a dentist, you can practice out of your residential address. And different towns have different rules, but my town was pretty lenient about it. I have a square footage allowance, um, but other than that, they don't really care. So, yeah. That was, that was how that all happened. It's so homey. And I love what you said. We have to highlight that again. What was really getting in my way of getting things done? That is such a good question to really like hone in on, right? It's like, well, wait a minute. Well, and then there's mm-hmm. this, always a solution when you really break it down like that. And I read a book um, called, oh, The Magic of Tiny Business by Sharon Rowe. And that also talked a lot about like, what is your why? And that was also hugely important for me to like be the final thing of, yes, I'm going to do this. Like, what is your why? Why do you want this? And what actions are you going to take to get there? Do you want to hear my whys? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you have, I care with a mission. So we're going to add that book to the show notes. But yes, what are your whys? My whys. I want to be able to practice with integrity to use my resources to improve my community and the world, to make quality eyewear and eye care accessible to anyone in my community, and to have a flexible schedule with plenty of time for family and travel. That's so important. <laughs> You're, so are you also like doing reduce, reuse, recycle? Oh, yes. That's my 
official business uh, or my official mission statement that I have like on my website and stuff is um, basically I care on a mission, simplifying I care while seeking to do good. So all of my frame lines that I have are independent manufacturers that are either made out of sustainable materials or support social justice initiatives, have a give back program or anything like that. And everything in my office is like the decor or the tissues or things like that, where I have a choice where I can make it more eco-friendly or sustainable. I will do that. So yeah, like I have bamboo tissues and my rugs are made from recycled cotton. And it's just something I care a lot about. I feel very strongly that if we have the ability to support our planet and support our community with our influence or our buying power, we should do that. It's not usually that hard. It's just a matter of what what decisions you make or what choices you make in terms of what you're purchasing. That's an incredible why. And I got another why to ask you. Mm -hmm. So you've always been super passionate about optometry, passionate enough to take additional time as a young OD to be my mentor, (laughs) passionate enough to start your own practice. Uh, You know, why are you so passionate about optometry? Optometry allows me to be there for my community. It allows me to contribute in a way. I mean, eyes are completely awesome. Eyes are the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eyes are awesome. Like, you know, when you, you usually will kind of like on some days we'll forget, but every now and then it's like, oh my God, the angle does this many things. Like, what is even, <laughs> how is this all like functioning beautifully and amazingly most of the time, right? It's just such an yeah. incredible thing when you like sit back and think about it. So many pieces that are so tiny and they're all working together in such a magical way. And we, we're like still discovering new cells. Oh, yeah. New layers. Yeah. And, like new new acronyms for things. I'm like, what are these kids talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't learn that. Like, wait. <laughs> I know. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough to keep up with everything. But, you know, you're such an inspiration. And what words of wisdom do you have to share for other optometrists who are also thinking about starting their own practice? A couple of things that I would like to encourage people is that you don't have to be like everyone else. Your idea of success doesn't have to be like everyone else's. So think about what you, what are your whys? Where do you want to be? And don't worry if it's not like everyone else's and just go for it. And also something that really helped me a lot is the statement, do it scared because you're never going to get there. If you never do anything, fear is definitely going to hold you back. So don't worry accept the fear. You are going to be scared and that's okay, but do it anyway. Yes. Be yourself. That's so beautiful. And that's all we can do, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can our listeners uh, find you or reach you at for any questions? Probably. I mean, my website has a contact me form, so you can go there um, to justizeoptometry.com or you can just email me as well. It's just hello at justizeoptometry.com. Uh, Or you can DM me on Insta. That works too. Yay. Yes. We'll have all this information in the show notes. And if you were inspired by this podcast, like I was, do share it with a friend and let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.